That's awesome. Did you ever do that? Go down to TJ? I've never been to Mexico. I'm like the worst oh, Mexican ever. man. Don't go. Don't go down there to drink when you're 18. <laughs> Craziness. It's horrible. That's funny. One, two, three. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, the new podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pulp stool for a glass of tasty beer. Join us each week as we discuss all the topics that you were told not to talk about black company. My name is Joel. And my name is Jose. This week we will be recording part two of our conversation on race. But first let's talk about what we have on tap. So this week I went out and got the Belching Beaver Brewery Peanut Butter Milk Stout. It's amazing. Joel mentioned this before and I saw it when I went to go pick up a drink. Thank you so much for getting this. That just totally made my day after a day. Jose and I have literally spent the whole day grading essays. Our district has a writing sample, and we spent our day cloistered amongst other English teachers grading essays, and our brains hopefully can function. Yeah, my brain has been totally scrambled. It was, well, total, what, we graded maybe... 800 essays, maybe? Yeah. All of us together? 100 each, probably. Yeah, about 100 each. Yeah, or more. Woo! <laughs> All right, so we're loving this peanut butter milk stout. It's If you ever go to, like, your local market or liquor store, you'll see it there. It's got a big old beaver, cartoon beaver drawn on the front. Nice. It's so delicious, though. What is... Is that the brewery, or is the brewery called... Um, no, that's the brewery. That's the brewery. They Belching only make Beaver. this, do you suppose? Um, I've never seen their other drink. Belching Beaver Brewery, Oceanside, California. Interesting. Oceanside. I wonder if they make anything else. We should find out. But, man, my brother-in-law got me into that. I don't like uh, beer, generally, that has flavorings. Are you? I'm not, no. Yeah. But, man, peanut butter goes well. Have you ever mm-hmm. had peanut butter with uh, on your hamburger? <laughs> no, 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 I've never done <laughs> Have that. Have you no. ever had peanut butter on a uh, grilled cheese sandwich? No, for sure, no. That's a southern thing, the grilled cheese sandwich thing. And um, peanut butter on the sandwich is at Shell Beach Brewery. Right. Go have it. It's amazing. I stick to peanut butter in my M&M's, <laughs> apparently in my beer, <laughs> and PB&J's. Yeah. So nice. I'm pretty old school. Yeah, that's all I do, too, except for that hamburger. <laughs> My wife loves it on here. Grilled cheese. Crazy. Beer. Beer. It's peanut butter. butter. <laughs> of course. Cheers. Cheers. That was a nice one. That was a good clinking. Yeah. My mother took her big brown beaver and she stuck him up in the air. Said I sure do love this big brown beaver and I wish I did have a pair. And the beaver was stuck for seven days and it gave us all an awful fright. So I tickled his chin and I gave him a pinch and the bastard tried to bite. And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Joel and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for two minutes, though we tend to be a bit loquacious, so that isn't a strict time limit. This week, I will discuss the passing of our dear Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking actually uh, passed away. He died after decades of battling um, ALS, amyotropic lateral sclerosis. Wow. And um, you got that. And can we quickly just... Yes, in honor. That guy. Yes. Is awesome. We'll pour out this 40. Well, no, it's not poured out. It's okay. really good. I'm able to recall because I did a report on that when I was in uh, high school. But, Why did um, you? Because of him? No, because I was in my um, physiology class, and I, we had to do a report on some kind of debilitating disease, and I had read a book called Tuesdays with Maury. Oh, yeah. And the character yeah. Maury had that. But yeah. um, So Stephen Hawking, he's known for being in the wheelchair and that kind of robotic voice, right? Silence. I don't need anyone to talk for me. Except this voice box. You have clearly been corrupted by power. For shame. Larry Flint is right! You guys stink! Brilliant um, physicist. He died on he died on Pi Day, March 14th. Oh, 3.14. Which is an infinite number, right? Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's going on up to uh, join the stardust, I guess. Infinity, the infinite stardust. I hope. I read A Brief History of Time when I was went through this crazy history, I mean, uh, physics um, kick mm-hmm. in, late in college. And then <laughs> it's weird because I was reading that at my present wife's um, house in Thousand Oaks, and my father-in-law saw me reading it. He's like, that looks really interesting. And I totally got him reading, and there was like another one, Dancing Wooly Masters, and that was kind of a, a mix between sort of new agey stuff and physics because physics gets super weird oh, yeah. 
And that guy brings out the weirdness of physics in such a great way, in such a cogent way. Makes it fun. Yeah, makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Just that guy rocks. But the other thing that I, the reason why I mentioned him was, you know, there's always this wedge, and we've discussed this in the past. There's a wedge that people want to drive between faith and reason, between religion and science. And Stephen Hawking was on the Pontifical Academy of Sciences, which is overseen by the Vatican. And after he passed, the Academy wrote, We are deeply saddened about the passing of our remarkable academic Stephen Hawking, who was so faithful to our Academy. He told the four popes he met that he wanted to advance the relationship between faith and scientific reason. We pray the Lord to welcome him in his glory. Mm, I gotta address that, because... Go for it. As an agnostic or as somebody who's got lots of doubts... Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy that so many Christians, especially on the evangelical front, and we're going to talk about this later, are so antagonistic towards religion because to me, or or, I mean science, excuse me, thank you. To me, it's like something that is like, uh, that actually is evidence of God and it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful. I agree. And it's in, in, if you think of perfection, you know, it's so godly in that way, Mm -hmm. you know, that, it's almost like they're themselves disowning things that could be a credit to themselves. Yeah. Science for, you know, there are tons of Catholic or Christian scientists. And yeah. the best ones, the best ones will tell you that pursuing science is in itself an act of worship. Oh, gosh. If I was religion, I'd be like, of course. By the way, I think that Stephen Hawking's had... Um, Newton's chair or Newton's spot in Oxford or Cambridge or something like that. I believe he did. And of course, Newton was highly religious too. Mm -hmm. He has some really funky Mm -hmm. ideas, of course, but um, (laughs) I mean, come on, Christians. I mean, you don't have to hate science. It's because they're afraid. They they think, well, either it's religion or it's, you know, science. But no, it's both. Exactly. And I think like the wedge has always been evolution. For them? Yes. And as we've discussed before, the Catholic Church has no problem with evolution whatsoever. Uh, The other churches will come around. They have to, of course, Mm -hmm. because it's absolutely seminal. But Well, you know, when evolution was first proposed, the Pope at the time, who I'm forgetting, basically said, this is a totally reasonable hypothesis. We don't really know for sure either way, but if Christians of good conscience and in good reason, want to believe this, they absolutely can. And then, of course, you had Pope John Paul II in the 90s, the early 90s, saying, at this point, evolution is more than a hypothesis. It's yeah. a valid theory. And then recently, you had Pope Francis basically say, a lot of people look at God as, like, the fairy godmother, just waving a wand. It's like, yeah. obviously, evolution is true. Yeah. Exactly. And I think a lot of Christians say, balk at that. Yeah. But, it's such a stumbling block. And then you look at the Big Bang Theory, and so many scientists will embrace that and say, look, Big Bang Theory as a way of disproving religion. Well, who came up with the Big Bang Theory? It was uh, a Catholic priest. Yeah. <laughs> Catholic yeah. priest. You can't that. disprove religion for once. For once. So that's right. nutty that they try to so, use that. But, yeah. We, we mourn the death of Stephen Hawking, someone who um, himself was an atheist. But nonetheless, I think... There's that, there was that part of him. I participated in the worship of God, even though he wouldn't put it that way. He believed in a pursuing science and truth, truth to the end. Dude, so, like, you talked last week about how if you're pursuing God, but mm-hmm. in some sense, truth is God. Mm-hmm. And so, like, maybe... And I hate to, to say the, you know, the idea that he gets into heaven. Right. It's so... Uh, tawdry, but... Yeah, I can't even... I wouldn't even touch that with the tentacle. Okay, okay. But... But... (laughs) Does he get in? Does he... Is he accepted? Was he pursuing God? I love that idea. I think it's so elegant. so many people pursue God without realizing it. Yeah. So I think that's one way. Pursuing truth, pursuing science to where where it would lead you. And he had this belief called the theory of everything which was the title of his biopic. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, as a Christian, looking at that, there is a theory of everything. It's God. Yeah. <laughs> right? He had this theory that there's some, there's something, there's some unifying principle, some unifying force or something that ties all of the material universe mm-hmm. together. Yep. And as a Christian, I'd say there is, and it's God. <laughs> and he was pursuing that. So Even though he didn't call it God, he yeah. pursued it. Yeah, interesting connection to what we talked about last week as far as, you know, it's not necessarily the person that we all have in our head as mm-hmm. God, but it's like pursuing truth and beauty. Yeah. Right, right on. And what about you, Joel? This all week, right. what are you talking about? 
you know, I can't believe we, we actually took Stephen Hawking's and we made it religious because I was going to like do a, like sort of a, a switcheroo on you and <laughs> talk about religious stuff today. I got a question for you. Shoot. What is the oldest, if not the, well, the oldest Christian community, of course, was in Jerusalem right after Jesus' death. Right. right? right. That, that, I think we could all agree on that. Mm-hmm. But after that, I Could think be. I've read, and I, I don't know, I'm always bringing up Fred things where I know right. for sure, but this is, what do you think is the oldest Christian community in the world? Based on what I know, yeah. and this is kind of my... We haven't talked about this, by the way. We haven't about this. Yeah. I would say the oldest would be, if you're talking about Christianity, that word, the oldest would be in Antioch. Dude, you... You got it. All right. Well, I think it's interesting just because of what's going on in Syria right now. And, of course, we all think of Syrians as as Muslim, and most of them are, of course. But there's a huge and thriving, I'm not mistaken, Christian population there. And um, I wonder if um, Americans would be more open to, like, accepting Syrians here. I'm not talking about, Mm -hmm. like... Obama uh, Americans, but I'm talking about Trump Americans. <laughs> right, right. If um, if they knew that that was the like seminal one of the seminal Christian communities in the world. Totally, I, I believe there are like Maronite Christians over there. Yeah, and Coptic they, Christians. Yes, yeah, it's it's. I I saw something on TV about it. It was really fascinating. They, of course, they're so proud of it. Mm-hmm. I think the river that they um, um, their community was lived along. Was mm-hmm. called the Orestes, and I think Antioch, those in Syria or in Turkey, in northern Syria it's or that Turkey, Syria, Turkey area. Antioch's in the Bible a lot, right? Yeah, Antioch is where they were first called. Christians. But there's no New Testament. Um, there's no New Testament book called, you know, like like Ephesians and Galatians and Romans. There's no Antiochians, which is weird. Yeah. There should be. There should <laughs> be. I know, huh? Because they were. Yeah, that's true. All right. So but, um, that's my that, ah, mine's small, but it's, it's cool. It's very cool. I like that you mentioned that. And I'll just add one thing to that because we talked also last week about praying to God. And no matter what you call God, you know, he hears you when you pray to him, when you seek him. And prayer is kind of different than what a lot of us think it is. Yes. But the Christians in that region who speak Arabic, they don't call God God, quote unquote God. They call God, the Christians call God Allah. No shit. Yes. No shit. Mm-hmm. So when they pray to God, they're praying to that, Allah. That is so cool mm-hmm. to me. Right on. Because it's the word. Yeah. And so people get offended like, Allah. I bet that a lot of you... Trumpian Christians would hate that. Exactly. They're praying to Allah. Yeah. Yes, they're Christian. They're praying right, to that's God. God. Oh, right. that's cool. I thought you were going to say Yahweh, but that's Hebrew. That'd be the Hebrew. Yeah. Right. All right. So, anyway, just fun fact. Yahweh. <laughs> All right. So last week we um, got into race, and race is such a huge topic that we went two weeks on it. So let's talk um, right first of all this week about more and more people aren't one race. Yes. And what are these guys not allowed to have an identity because of that, or what's the deal with them? That's that's an interesting thing, and I I have to say I feel that myself because um, we we both kind of talked about our. Our um, racial yeah, that's identity and our ethnic heritage or what have you. And I have to say, like, for myself, I feel trapped because on the one hand, I have this Mexican-Hispanic background. And I'm not even sure which term would be appropriate to use, Mexican, <laughs> Hispanic, or Latino. That's a whole thing. Yeah. But there's that side. But then I also have the other side of I me, mean, my family, who, you know, is Chumash. But there's also Irish, and there's Oki in there, and Cherokee. And so I guess you can say there's some indigenous um, aspects to that. But I'm, I've really been assimilated into white culture, but I don't feel white, I guess, if that makes sense. That is, it uh, makes perfect sense, because my wife is, whole, is quarter Hawaiian. And um, she w- likes that, and nobody ever sees her as that. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I think that we're like right now in history seeing 
the effects of this for the first time. Not for the first time, but more and more. Right. And as more and more races mix, which is a beautiful thing. Yes. And people in the past had to relate and, and identify so much with the race. And now we don't have to, but some of us want to really mm-hmm. badly because it's fun to identify with our race sometimes. And other times it's embarrassment to some people, like Hawaiians oftentimes if they're half Hawaiian, half white. In the past, it would be like, oh, no, I'm white. And now it's like, oh, no, I'm Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's moving big, fast, it crazy. It is. And I, you know, I know people who are in mixed um, racial marriages and, you know, they've got children who are biracial, you know. And one of my favorite books, though, is Dreams for My Father by Barack Obama. Oh, I loved it. And yeah. the whole book is on that subject because mm-hmm. when the world sees him, he's black, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and his father was from Kenya, but his family was raised by his grandparents, white from Kansas, and then they moved to um, Hawaii. And Obama was from Kenya too, don't forget. Of course, I mean, that's what Trump's whole thing was. Yeah, Yeah. That's why, that that to me was one of the markers right there, that Trump was racist beyond all belief. Yeah, Obviously, he must be from Kenya. He can't be American. He, I think, was so benefited by an ability to see things from both sides, Mm -hmm. and do you like, do you feel like benefit from that or not i mean it's interesting in your case i i I think i have a lot of instances in my life my 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 background where i've developed empathy for people because my mother is deaf and so i have a really strong i have a really big heart i guess for people who are handicapped or people who Mm -hmm. have disability and then yeah being caught in the two worlds now here's a question for you do you have like a deep abiding pride for Hispanic culture. Do you do you get that? Like when you watch ballet folklorico or when you eat Mexican food, stuff like mm-hmm. that. I do, which is crazy. But I like, think that's cool. You should. I, but I didn't grow. Like I guess I grew up with it with my dad. My parents got divorced when I was young, so my 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 interaction with my father. I never learned Spanish. I didn't really pick up the culture really. Mm-hmm. But I got enough to where now, like I watch that movie Coco. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. I love Day of the Dead stuff. Nice. Yes, belly folklorico. I'm all about it. I love, you know, listening to um, like the mariachis. Like, mm-hmm. I love that stuff. I mm-hmm. love Mexican food. I yeah. cannot get enough of it. Right on. I but then I go to order a burrito and I can't speak Spanish. <laughs> okay, you know? let's get into like Hispanic, Latino. Are there and other Mexican American? American. Mexican Americans don't like to just get into gang fights. They like flowers and music. And white girls named Debbie too. Mexican Americans are named Chata and Chela and Chema and have a son-in-law named Jeff. What are the differences? So I had to look this up because <laughs> seriously, because I, I don't I don't get it. And on the census, I think that there's both. And by the way, we have to talk about the census, too. And that's going to mm-hmm. go by the wayside, right? There, I mean, in 50, 100 years, people are going to be so mixed that that's going to be complete rubbish. But anyway, right. so what's the difference between Latino, Hispanic, Mexican-American? So I had to look it up. Obviously, Mexican-Americans, they're people who immigrated to the United States from Mexico. Hispanic, those are people who speak the Spanish language. Right. And generally speaking, their heritage... Their ethnic heritage originates in Spain. Now, could an indigenous um, Indian mm-hmm. from Mexico mm-hmm. who speaks only Spanish, let's say they don't speak any Mixtecan or... Oh, my goodness. Um, I bet that they'd also be considered Hispanic. I'm sure they would because in San sure. they are. Yeah, they would be, I think. You're right. right. Yeah. But then there's Latino, Latina, and Latinx. Have you heard of Latinx? I have. So what? a lot of languages, they're gendered. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. That's so right. Latinx is about getting rid of the Latina, Latino, right. which is Latinx. Uh, not going to happen. It's a little too, it's too, <laughs> I mean. I don't know. People take things too far. I would love to hear um, uh, a Spanish speaker mm-hmm. who believes in Latinx try to do that. I want to hear how they try to do that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be possible. I mean, <laughs> I, I think their cause is noble, actually, but yeah. it's just impractical. It's not practical. Yeah. So the people who identify as Latino, Latina, or Latinx, they are people who are from the culture and region of Latin America and may or may not actually speak Spanish. They might speak a different language. Okay. Right? Like they might speak yeah. Portuguese or something. Right. right? So, um, yeah, they might, they might have their origins like in um, South America or Central America. Whereas Hispanics might have their origins in Mexico or Cuba. Right. Right. So I, th- I think that's the difference. I think that that's very useful to know. 
And but then I think it gets most confusing. people, been, like ninety percent of people, don't know that. But then it can get confusing. Like you were saying, like, well, what if you're indigenous, right? right? Like, yeah, there's all kinds of exceptions to that rule, I'm sure. So stereotyping. I mean, we got oh kind of into that a little bit, mm-hmm. but is it always wrong? Because I can't, there's a part of me that says it's not always wrong. Is mm-hmm. okay. Here's the question, I guess. Is is there any um, group sort of dynamic or group characteristic, any mm-hmm. racial characteristic that is true so much of the time, so like ninety percent of the time right. that you can you that you can <laughs> sort of say it of a culture, you could say right. it of a race without being a dick. <laughs> I don't. I mean, this is right, right. Me, coming from Hawaii. They did it. Right. And I thought it was fine, but in, in on the mainland, no. No go. I think it's a no go. And I, but I think you're right. There's something to that. It's like if you say all Asians are good at math. Right. That's no, a positive no, stereotype. No that's <laughs> that's a no go still. Absolutely. But those are positive quote unquote, you know. <laughs> Characteristics. Okay, so what if it's a positive thing? What if it's like Hispanics and family? Right, right. I, I bring that up with my with my kids. Uh-huh. If I brought that up to I think even the most diehard liberal, they'd be fine with that. Yeah. Because it's positive. Mm-hmm. And like, and with um, Asians and education, it would it be wrong for me to say Asians are just so committed to education. I think that's where like there's this weird um, meeting of stereotypes and culture. Yeah. Because I think when you're talking about Mexican or Hispanic or Latino, Latinx culture, um, <laughs> You there, missed five. I missed, I know, I'm sorry. I missed all the other 48 gender types. But um, yeah. no, there's a point at which there's some truth in the stereotype. So I think when you look at, you know, the Hispanic culture, they do value family. I, really. I, I, I totally see, see it, it all the time. I, I see it. I think it's true. And I think it's true even over other cultures. Mm-hmm. I mean, comparatively, I see it. Okay, I, this is going to sound racist, so I apologize in advance. At least in Santa Maria, which is predominantly Mexican, American, Hispanic, mm-hmm. right? You don't see them panhandling. No. At all. Very rarely. It's and again, this might just be anecdotal. I don't have statistical evidence, but I do believe it's because they take care of their families. Yeah. I I am convinced that there is a stronger cultural mm-hmm. and I don't know if that um, goes to race. Um I, is it a more? Um, right. For the strong um, affinity for family in the Hispanic culture, yeah. absolutely, um, and I love it. And I, I think mean, we can learn from other cultures. And if mm-hmm. we can't at least say that about other cultures, then we maybe have a harder time learning from the cultures. I don't know. Is that true? I think that's true. Do you th- okay? So this was a topic that we were <laughs> talked about last week, but didn't get to. Do you think that Americans feel like their culture, whatever that may be, is superior Most to other cultures? Americans. And more likely to be Trumpian Americans, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can. You argue no. Does anybody actually they do? What? So if you listen to the white supremacists and like Richard Spencer, David Duke, Republicans and are, are gas when you claim no. They yes, but if you listen to people like Tucker Carlson on on Fox News, he's very popular. He took over for Bill O'Reilly. Well, diversity is our strength is the only one our leaders seem to agree on. The less we have in common, somehow, the stronger we are. Is that true? These people, they look at multiculturalism, they look at diversity as an attack on the superior, on the superior American culture. Uh, like, why would we want to dilute our culture yeah. with all these other primitive yeah. cultures? It's so crazy. Because, in fact... Mm-hmm. In fact, American culture is so awesome because of all these. We are the most multiracial, multicultural mm-hmm. community. And it's weird how somebody can be 180 degrees wrong. Totally. They think that, well, they have that old, that old mentality where America should be a melting pot. And that was kind of a good concept. All these, I guess, cultures come together and they're blended into sort of this bland. And by the way, the other... The opposite idea is mm-hmm. the salad bowl. Have you heard that? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So the new concept is the salad bowl. Right. So you and have all these like cultures that are distinct but and coexisting. And stay within their own communities. And, of course, the reality is both. It's both, yeah. And, and of course, like as, yeah, as Americans, though, stay in the United States, as, as immigrants stay in the United States, right. 
It's more melting pot, but in the first couple generations, especially the first generation, mm-hmm. it was way more of a salad bowl. I don't understand how you can say it's it's one or the other. It's, it's again, we keep coming back to this. It's the both and. Yeah. So it's going to be like a melting pot soup, right? Yeah. A stew. Yeah. yeah. Right? With all these different chunks. Yeah. But then there's also that are broth. distinct. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a question for you. We already touched on the idea that um, Asians may or may... Is it bad to say that Asians really are great at education, at the whole right. educational system? Do you think that colleges are wrong to give Asians less points or to, to, I think there's no doubt that Asians are, um, are penalized mm-hmm. for their race. They Is are. That wrong? They are. There's no doubt about that. Right. I mean, everybody liberal, conservative, they, um, <clears throat> they would agree to that. Not necessarily in public universities where in California, you can't even, um, you can't use the race of, my son is right now going through the whole process. In fact, he just walked in and said he got to this great college that he wanted to be in. So it's kind of interesting. We're talking about this right now, but you can't ask their race and you can't use it as any kind of characteristic to help him, right. to help decide <clears throat> if they get in or not. But, Private colleges totally can, and of course, their main reasoning is they want their campus to be diverse. And right. Asians are so good academically yeah. that they would actually overwhelm certain private colleges if mm-hmm. it was totally on the let's say G- GPA or SAT, the merits or whatever. Right. So, you know, when I look at again, we're talking about cultural dynamics, encounter uh, mm-hmm. meeting stereotypes again, but just in my own classes. My students, my Asian students, well, I should say, my students who are Asian, um, people language, right? People first language. They outperform my other students by and leaps and bounds. I swear, some on the far left would condemn you just for saying that. When it's just fact, I mean, it's I see it fact. I, yeah. I've seen it for years. Yeah. And today, we were grading essays. And one of our colleagues was grading my student's essay, who happens to be um, Asian, mm-hmm. right? And he had no idea what her racial or ethnic background was. Crazy. But he's reading it, and he was blown away. Yeah, blown away by the by how well written the essay was. Yeah, and it's like, well, yeah, she is outstanding. Yeah, there's just no two ways about it. Yeah, here's where I think people <clears throat> get overly defensive mm-hmm. when they say. Oh, are you saying Hispanics are dumb? No, we're saying that every culture has this awesome, like, facet to yes. bring to the table. And, you know, for Hispanics, it might be family. Mm-hmm. And it might be, can you imagine our world without Hispanics as far as their work ethic? Wow, yeah. Holy shnikes. For Asians, man, they push mm-hmm. all Americans to be more intellectual, more academic. Um, white people, Hispanic we go on and on. Africans, mm-hmm. totally. To me, here's, and gosh, I know I'm going to get for this, but I don't care. <laughs> I love African exuberance. I think they mm-hmm. bring joy to life. I don't know what this is they wrong do. for me to say, mm-hmm. but that to me is something that we would be so, so much more poorer in our culture without that. Right. I don't know. That's it's absolutely just, true, though. It's, it's looking at the bright side, I guess, rather than, than thinking of stereotyping as, as something bad. But people stereotype so often poorly. In bad way. Yeah. Right. But I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, stereotypes are often wrong, but there's also at times a kernel of truth. And so going through school, I was always, myself, I was always just dominated by the Asians in my class. Mm. And it's because there is just this cultural appreciation for education. Mm-hmm. And Time Magazine even had an article on this a few years ago where they talked about the Tiger Moms. Yo, that was outstanding. And I absolutely have seen that time mm-hmm. and again, just in my own classes with yep. my own students. They're, those moms and those dads, they come into my classrooms, they come into um, parent conferences, mm-hmm. and they have all the questions they're, they don't even accept A minuses. They yep. want to know why their daughter or son doesn't have an A plus. And they can go too far often. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can be too um, stifling. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. No doubt. Um, did we get last time into cultural appropriation? I think we did a little. We might bit, have touched on it. A I just bit. want to touch on it really quick because I hate it. This is one one area where I'm 100 percent opposed. Yeah, we did. I, I remember talking about Gwen Stefani, mm-hmm. but okay. People, if somebody wants to use a culture. Mm-hmm. That 
obviously is a good thing. That's saying that that cultural tradition yeah. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they wouldn't be using it. Imitation is the sincerest form of uh, flattery. flattery. Yeah. So let's just get past that. So, you know, part of the cultural appropriation, um, I think we talked about this last week, a recent instance of that was Bruno Mars. He's been thrown under the bus because, you know, he's half Filipino, he's half Puerto Rican, and I guess there's some, he has some Jewish um, heritage in there as well. But he plays black music, right? right. He plays blues and jazz, hip-hop, all these cultural genres that are traditionally black, African-American. There are people who are saying to Bruno Mars, Hey, you're appropriating our music. You're appropriating our sound. We talk about that. Elvis. Yeah, we talk about Elvis, but yeah. to me, it's like this yeah. sound belongs to everyone. But I can understand where they're coming from because blacks have been taken advantage of. Okay. For, yes. For all of American history. Yeah, and, and not enough credit. Every kid's yes. paid to to African Americans. Especially, I feel like in music, but in other areas too. Man, have they contributed boatload in music? Here's another topic: we're getting into African American culture, race. African Americans historically have just been shatted upon, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you Treated can't like not you can't um, uh, disagree with this and know history. Mm-hmm. Yet a lot of people think that well, that's done with. They're right. just that's just all over, and and now they've got this blank slate to work with. Do you think that African American plight, and by plight I mean the fact that there are African Americans um, are overrepresented to, represented in prison, in I think divorce, I think in like smoking and and alcoholism and all these negatives, like heart right? disease, heart, as well, right? Yeah, you could go on and on, and I think there are certain <laughs> African Americans. Americans who say, no, that's because of shit that's mm-hmm. being put on them now. Right. And other African Americans are like, no, that's the history of black people. You can't, like a hundred years ago, give birth to a black child as an uneducated mother, and suddenly that black mm-hmm. child is educated. Right. And that 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 disallowance of from white people, black people becoming educated, that's going to last. Mm-hmm. But some African Americans hate that idea that that that's historical. No, they say, I think um, T.N. Coates is like one of them. He says, no, it's all because of stuff now. Like, I totally think it's because they've been shat upon in history. 100%. I don't get this idea that their plight, and it is a plight. You can't say right. it's not. It's it, there in, in a lot of statistics. They're so far behind. It's so sad. But I think that's because they've been put there. Right. And I, I think we kind of mentioned this earlier. It goes back to the foundations, the white supremacist foundations yeah. of this country. Yeah. And um, I know everyone loves the Enlightenment. I love the Enlightenment as well for many reasons. But out of the Enlightenment came this racist sense of trying to make scientific racial differences, right? right? So there's that, crani- you were talking about this earlier, craniometry, yeah. like measuring the skulls and everything. I think that made it capacity. into textbooks, which is nutty. Yes, and Thomas Jefferson was a huge proponent of this, and he oh, wrote about you know it. What? Time we were again. talking about science earlier, mm-hmm. and like so glowingly, yes. but people just use science so many times throughout history for nefarious means. Really bad, bad Really means. bad. And so... They were using science, junk science, really. Social Darwinism. Right, to promote their own racial superiority. And that goes back to our um, national heritage, our national, um, I guess, origins, where they were trying to find ways to justify enslaving a whole race of people. Enslaving a whole group of people and building their economy on their backs. Trying to make themselves feel better. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, these aren't really people. We're superior to them. Yeah. So it's okay. And a lot, of these, a lot of these people felt like, well, you know, we're doing them a favor by yeah. enslaving them. You know, it just got, brings to mind the outsized importance of psychology yes. in everything, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know what? We want to bury our heads. Mm-hmm. And if we can find a way to bury our heads to the truth, we're going to do it. Denial. But, I mean, um, that, that, but that's the thing. That... That mindset has carried on through to today, where people can't even acknowledge the fact that African Americans have gone through some shit. I can't believe anybody, you know, I kind of fault education. I don't think we get into civil rights. We, oh, oh, shoot, we teachers. Oh, mm-hmm. shoot, we ran out of time, you know? Right. We just, my kids haven't been exposed to that nearly enough. My students are writing an essay right now on Martin Luther King. Right on. Because... 
I see that as a as you're like you're saying. I see that as a gap. It's like we we yeah. recognize him one day of the year. Yeah, and that's it. And if you don't get that, you grow up as somebody who thinks, well, the black problems that's in the past. They should be able to right. overcome it now. It's all equal now. But and not that I agree completely with Black Lives Matter and their all their strategies or tactics or what have you. Mm-hmm. But the reason why Black Lives Matter, the reason why they even exist, is because of racial prejudice. Yeah. And you hear people doubling down on the prejudice by saying, well, no, all lives matter. Oh, come on. Come on. That's not the point. When you're not seeing the same level of violence against African Americans that you're seeing in the white community. Yeah. And you're not being denied housing. Exactly. You're not being denied a cab. You're not being denied a job. Oh, gosh. Uh, and it's that leveling that we that you mentioned earlier where it's like, well, all lives matter. Okay, but you're by saying that, you're denying the, the reality, right. the lived experience of blacks in this country. Okay, so affirmative action, yes mm-hmm. or no? Depends. Yeah. <laughs> Depends. Yeah. I think in some but, cases, I mean, but, yes. Yeah. I mean, it does screw people who have nothing to do with, with this. I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be great to go back and screw all those racists who kept right. them down. We can't do that. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. We got to do something to help people who've been historically pressed. Right. So like my uncle, though, will tell you, he, he works for the government. And um, hopefully he'll be a guest on our show ah, someday. Sweet. But, you know, he's mentioned in the past, you know, we have these affirmative action quotas that they have to meet. And there's something good about that. We want to have a diverse workforce in the government, for sure. But he works in a branch of the government where it's very science-based and there aren't a lot of African-Americans. Right. And so they get deans. Yeah. And so because of the need to meet quotas or affirmative action, they've hired people because they were black who are underqualified. Right, because there's such a little, such a small pool. And they're trying to meet a quota. It's right. like, well, this guy's right. not good. Right, so what about that? Good or bad? I think that's, that's bad. a hard one. That's a hard one, but I think it's bad. Yeah, that's that one goes a bit too far. And so I, there's this weird balance. We I don't know. I don't because, know. Because yeah, can you imagine being the guy that just is so passionate about it? And mm-hmm. there's a small pool of African Americans. Hopefully, it's growing. And it's just like, well, we want to we want to make amends, mm-hmm. and we hire this guy. And that guy who's passionate is just like, oh crap, I didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. He might be such a social justice warrior, but he gets dinged. Right. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough one, and I, I just, I don't know. I think yeah. we do need, though, to make sure that in colleges yeah. and in the workforce, if, if, if there's a pool for, you know, if there's, if there's a pool of African Americans or Hispanics or whomever, women, who want jobs and they're qualified, we need to hire them. Yeah, we need to. Uh, the, the, the question, see, it's gray. It's just where to draw the line. Exactly. I mean, no, and, and, and then so there's all these lawsuits that have happened in the recent past um, about um, whether or not colleges are racist in not uh, promoting whites or not accepting whites mm-hmm. who have better SAT scores and better GPAs than minorities. Right. But here's the deal with that. And everyone seems to gloss over this. <laughs> colleges have every right to want a, a campus that's diverse. Of course. I mean, so and, and and they're like, oh, but that can't be one of your um, one of your interests. It's mm. got to be totally objective. Well, I say that's baloney. So to me, if a college wants to make diversity a requirement for admissions mm-hmm. and and disallow people because of their race. I think that's totally up to them, and I think that's absolutely valid and. And they've lost, by the way, every time they go to court for this. Mm. Because judges allow them that right. Of course they have that right to make diversity bigger than the SAT and bigger than GPA. Right. So then the question is, so if we're going to make it to where colleges are seeking racial diversity, are we going to then expect Ooh. gender diversity? Because women, girls are applying and they're being accepted more than boys. Right. And that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Has that happened on public university? I know it totally sure. happens on private. Girls are going to take over the world. In some um, <laughs> private universities, I think it's like, I think it's 60-40, dude. Oh, wow. 60-40 is crazy. Now we just got to wait for our and first female president. Like, I think it was, yeah. So Yale, I think, opened it up to females in 69 when I was born. Mm. That seems really recent. Totally. Of course, that's because I'm getting old. No, you're good. So anyway, all right, dude, we got to talk about black comedians. Oh, my god! All right, we talked about the fact that every race brings um, something cool to the table. Mm-hmm. 
To me, it's African-American exuberance. All right, where would we be without an African-American? And it's so cool how they do this in Black Panther. They're trying to be so stoic. And then somebody just crack a joke right in the middle of the ceremony. That's pure African-American. I love that. Okay? Who are the great comedians? So many of them are African-American. What's up with that? It's like Richard Pryor, right? Yeah. And Richard Pryor is classic. The Godfather, right? He's the king. And he set himself on fire. What's Sanford and Sons guy? Red Fox. Red Fox. Oh, Oh my gosh. Another classic. Oh, it's the worst one. This is a big one. I'm dying. You hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. If you look at, like, in the last, like, 20, 30 years, Chris Rock. Oh, my gosh. He had so many brilliant jokes that touched on race, but he retired some of those jokes. So he had jokes about, you know, what's the difference between an N-word, I'm not even going to say it, (laughs) and a a black person. We could have a whole episode on that. What's the difference between an N-word and a black person, and, and, like, a black person? And he retired the joke. It could, you know, it was hilarious. It's and you won't tell look me it up. And I won't, even, I won't even go there because it touches on those those stereotypes. Because comedy relies on being shocked. Yes. And we love to be shocked. And so can't we all like agree to say, hey, this is comedy. Everything mm-hmm. goes. Right. Nothing sacred here. But see, he's retired those jokes, that particular joke. Because I'm gonna look that up. I can't wait to find out what oh, punchline. It's it's fine. I'm not even gonna say it here. But because racists were telling those jokes. Oh, uh, that's sort of what Chappelle said is why he quit. Yes. Interesting. So Chappelle, he's like, oh, I was telling these jokes, and then white folks were actually yes. serious about it. Yes. That's wrong. So my pretty racist at times. But one of my favorite Chappelle bits. Just beep up. That's right. I know. Beep. My beep. Um, <laughs> so he reminds me of that one Chappelle show skit where oh. he's the he's a blind dude who's a member of the KKK. It's just you know pure joy yes. watching that. And he and he um, he's Gosh, like one of the leaders great. of the KKK. Yeah. But you know, underneath the white hood, he's this blind black dude who doesn't know he's black. All right. What would you say is the overall message of your books? Sir, my message is simple. Jews, homosexuals, Mexicans, Arabs, and all kinds of different chanks stink, and I hate it. So, again, uh, you listeners know we are all about hitting the middle. And Libby's, don't go too far. Conservatives, you're nutty. Yes. Yeah. That's that, This is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. How you cannot... Disallow comedians doing their things. And you know what? Let's do a real quick toast to African American comedians. Yes. God. Even Cosby was just. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Not to go back too far to the hashtag me too, our first episode, but yeah. man, he was a genius. Oh man, they're all so great. So we gotta stop being so. I, when it comes to comedy, because we need all those endorphins that laughing gives us. So stop forcing these guys to stop telling great jokes and making us cry. All right. That's a good note to end. Uh, do we want to end on that? Let's end on comedy. Yeah. People go a, out, listen to Dave Chappelle. Yes. I've been listening to his stand up recently on Netflix, which, by the way, has caused some controversy because mm-hmm. he's talked about. The trans issue. Yep. He's, he's about, not stopping. I got to commend him. Dude, he... But then he gets serious about it. He, he actually tells people, stop! Mm-hmm. I'm a comedian. This is my deal. People can't draw the line. Nope. And then that, that was on that comedy show, the Seinfeld show I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. Been watching a lot of it. Oh, outstanding. But people today feel like when you, they hear something, when they hear a comedy routine, they feel like they own it. Yeah, and then it's like they then filter what they're hearing through the through their own experience, through their own biases, right? And they but get is offended. It older generations, or is this only a millennial thing? I think it's mostly a millennial. Thing. I do too. Come on, millennials. There's, what happened? They're super compassionate. I. That's, you see, that's the good side of coming. Mm-hmm. And good thing you brought that up because that's that's commendable. But then they go too far. Yeah. So it's just uh, it's too hard to be black and white. 
anytime you try to put in like censorship or restrictions on language, to me that's Orwellian, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be behind that whatsoever. Yeah, and you know what's cool though? Africans can fight this fight, mm-hmm. like because you know they've been oppressed and they know for sure. That they're not going to um, allow anybody to oppress them with mm-hmm. their comedy. So rock, keep it going, and don't be cowed. Right, right. And Dave Chappelle. Yeah, Chappelle sure. hasn't, but I'm sad to say or to hear mm-hmm. that 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 rock is is being cowed I, or not not cowed, but I guess you well, know it's, what? It's his career. It's his livelihood. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's heavy. But I, can you imagine, like, you produce something, you're an artist, right? Yeah. Comedians are artists and they're... Yeah, musicians don't have way, to deal musicians. with this. Right. But you put something out there and it's taken and it's abused. Right. Right? You may, you make a joke on race, yeah. right? And it becomes a way for white supremacists, basically, right. to perpetuate racism. Right. Because they're using your yeah. words. Yep. So I can see where that's yeah, frustrating. that's heavy. That's heavy. It's like, what have I given birth to here? Exactly. So now it's the time of the show where we end. And our outro usually deals with uh, music, literature, stuff we're into at the moment. Mm-hmm. And who's going first? I think this week actually is pretty funny. We oh, yeah. are talking about the Super same thing. Cool. I think that's so funny. That's funny. So um, I posted this on my Facebook a few days ago. And I guess, I don't know, you read it on your phone or yeah. you read it online? I read Atlantic every week. And we both picked the same article for outro. It's by Michael Gerson. Is it Gerson? Gerson? Gerson. So it's by Michael Gerson, and it's titled The Last Temptation. And I share this on my Facebook because I've had so many interactions with Christians, um, generally evangelicals, right, fundamentalists, who absolutely love Donald Trump. And I don't understand. As a yeah. Catholic, so many bishops have come out against him. The Pope has made more than a few allusions to yeah. him saying, like, you know, real Christians don't build walls. Real Christians build bridges. Right. So that's where I'm coming from. Dude. I don't understand the evangelical embrace. The guy just, he is so good in this article about bringing to bear great facts mm-hmm. with great commentary. And one of the great things that he does to me is he says a lot of millennials, speaking of millennials, yeah. um, absolutely equate evangelicals with Hypocrite with the word hypocrite, and yes. I totally agree. How could you not? How could you be the supposed moral majority right. and and you know Bill Bennett, the moral compass, right. and now just love this what twice or thrice or four times divorced, three person. times, four times, and married. porn um, Stormy Daniels, yeah, a loving president we have they got no credibility now this guy just nails them on it well why do these their their heads are in the sand i know why but it's shocking how their heads are in the sand so donald trump won four fifths of evangelical voters right and predominantly whites. i gotta say i come from an evangelical tradition Mm -hmm. and so I am, and you know, I feel like I am would have been so much more comfortable in your tradition, and I am so much against the church because of the hypocrisy that I saw building, right. building throughout my life, and now it just comes to fruition in Trump. It, it, he personifies yeah. hypocrisy. Yeah. This is right. like, you know, and this is weird. I was thinking about this throughout the whole reading of that article, mm. about how fundies... And evangelicals are so into Satan on earth. And yes. here they are, worshiping the mm-hmm. true Satan on earth, right? It's so symbolic and so right. trippy. And, and that's the thing. So we mentioned earlier that Stephen, Stephen Hawking passed away a few days ago. Well, a few weeks ago, um, the Reverend Billy Graham died. Oh, that's right. right. We didn't address that. but And there's a lot to be said for what he did. I don't want to totally denigrate him. But something that he did do that... I think has had a negative, a lasting negative um, impact on our culture and our society was the alliance between um, evangelical Christians and Republican um, right-wing conservatism. Yep. Yep. And 20, 30 years later now, we have Christians, these evangelicals, who can't separate out their faith from their politics. 
Yep. Oh my gosh, I saw that so much growing up. And as I, I guess, grew intellectually, I was so disgusted. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would be given in our church pamphlets mm. by Dobson, a promoter of spanking your kids and all these right-wing nutty things. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it was just like, what the heck? It would have just, the Jesus I read about was so foreign to that, you know? Totally. It, and, oh. It's just, but see, their Jesus, he's waving the American flag. Yeah. He's got the Second Amendment tattooed on his arm. He's evangelizing trickle-down economics. What, what's happening? So wh- where does this go? Wh- what's the end game with this? Do they fade away? Is this their last hurrah? I think it is. I, so when you look at I him. I think it is, but I've been so wrong about Trump. True. I'm so scared about saying that. True. <laughs> so we I, both were. We both were wrong. Everybody was. Obama, yes. man, he's like, Shoot, there's no not, that's not happening. And it happened. So I, I, I guess you're right. We shouldn't. We shouldn't talk. Can you imagine he gets elected again, dude? Can I you? can't even. Would, I, can't I might even have a nervous breakdown. Yeah, totally. Oh lordy. But to me, it's like, okay, if you're going to spend eight years going after Bill Clinton for getting a <laughs> from an intern. Which was consensual, regardless of... Now, don't... You know, we have a disagreement about this. Well, don't we have a disagreement. downplay that. I, I, she was totally an intern, an intern and yes. under his power. So, be careful. I, well, I don't want to get into that. But All anyway, right, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I'm on the side of it was consensual. And I am on the side now mm-hmm. of that being bull****. That they pursued that for impeachment. Yes, for sure. But it was wrong. But they did. It was totally wrong. Not not to... Um, not impeachable, though. Not to say that what he did was the right thing to do in any way. Right. But nonetheless, it's to say... So if you're going to spend your whole... If, if you're going to spend eight years going after him, waging a jihad against President Clinton... Yeah. For that, how can you then turn around and say, eh, it's okay that you know Trump was grabbing chicks by the... P- Yep. Kissing them without their permission, Having joking about affairs, it, extramarital affairs, apparently banging a porn star and filling out or signing a non-disclosure. Yeah. Well, I guess he didn't sign it. That's why she's trying to sue him uh, now. Yeah. That's interesting. But on you go down the line. Yeah. Golden showers in that dossier, which yeah. may or may not you know be what? true. But That's why I don't discount that. Exactly. How could you discount that after everything else? It fits the pattern. Yeah, it fits the pattern. Just go down the line. And here's a Here's a guy who boasts about being a billionaire. He's constantly talking about how great he oh, is. Man. Constantly putting people... What part of Trump makes you think he's a Christian? Yeah. It just puts the lie to all of them. Mm-hmm. And they should just be... If they had any self-awareness, mm-hmm. they should just be disgusted with themselves. The hypocrisy is just disgusting. But I talk to people and what they'll, what they'll say is, well, you know, he's a baby Christian. Psychology... Right? Exactly. But they, but they discount all that. Yeah. Because it's like, well, you know, he's born again. Get back he's born again in his 70s. The amazing ability of humans to bury our heads. 100%. Because they're willing to forgive him all these things. They're willing to buy the lie that he's pro-life, quote-unquote, that he's Christian, quote-unquote. They're willing to buy those lies because he's got an R Next to his name. For and by the way, he's I wouldn't even really call him Republican because he waffles so much it's hard to, to really tell where he lies. I agree. Like as a Democrat, some of the stuff, like I hate the guy, but some of the I some of the trade policies hurt unions in totally. the United States. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting, but Republicans are totally able to turn the sheet turn the other way when it comes to that. Totally. Just because they are. hmm So to go back to the article though. Oh, yeah. Um Gosh, go read it, man. Read the article. If you are at all a proponent of evangelicalism um, or disgusted like I have been, and uh, you have to read it. It's so well written. We both came to it, by the way. So Yeah, separately, really. I guess my question is, is there any point? I mean, is it? Can you overcome the psychology? I don't. I don't think. Should we you try? Can. These people need to have their own come to Jesus moment. I guess. Really. What does it take, though? I mean, if that doesn't do it, if 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 everything he said doesn't do it, if the reality on the ground doesn't do it, if that I mean, you can read his tweets. It's not like right. it's it's something he said to somebody in their ears. Mm-hmm. But see, they'll then they'll turn around and say, "Well, he's saying what we're all thinking, right?" Well, or he speaks the that... truth. But if that's what you're thinking. What's wrong you with have you? the mind of Christ. Yeah. Are you really in 
are you really walking with Christ? Yeah. Because there's no way that you could look at what Trump's doing or saying or how he's lived his life and say, yeah, that's a, that's the Christian way to do oh, it. Oh, man. I don't understand. I don't understand it. We, I mean, God, Jose, we, we said it. We've said it so many times. We are living in cartoon times. Yes, we are. These are cartoon times. That's not all of us listening right now downgrade mm-hmm. the idea that these are cartoon times. They are surreal. Mm-hmm. Nobody could have written this. No. All right. So that's one of our. Then you have something else, though, Joel. I have to, on a positive note, we play the Pixies for our theme song, mm-hmm. The Great Where Is My Mind. And of course, the great bassist, speaking of women's rights, of the Pixies is the great Kim Deal, who went on with her sister, twin sister, no, 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 not twin sister, to, um, to found the great band, The Breeders. And they just came out with a new album, and it's outstanding. And go listen to The Breeders' new album. It's outs- it's just fun. It's it's And the thing about Kim Deal, I used to think that The Pixies was all about Black Francis, but now I'm thinking Kim Deal was the center of that band because she brings so much of that cool... I mean, I guess it's the... To me, it's the the coolest of all cool. Um, like she forgoes regular time signatures. She forgoes regular um, uh, arrangements for songs, and just does what she wants. Man, I love that. I love the new album. I'm gonna go watch them in L.A. I think they have some of their old um, bandmates with them. Mm-hmm. I think I read that, but I can't remember for sure. I just want to say one more thing, though. I'm not going to take forever to say this, but I will say this. This morning, before I went to work, I almost cried sitting on my couch watching the new Avengers Infinity War trailer. It was so beautiful. What is that? So me in. It's, you know, the Marvel Universe has been developing for 10 years since 2008 when they introduced Iron Man. So from the first Iron Man to the second Iron Man... Thor, Captain America. Wait, so what was great about it? So it led up to, this is the climax. This Infinity Wars movie is the climax. Why? <laughs> Why would they end it? I mean, I mean, can you go past the climax? You can, but so that's the thing. Like, all these characters, like the Guardians with Iron Man, or, um, you know, Thor hanging out with Groot. and that's they're and, done? And it's, it's in this movie. They all come together to fight Thanos, Right, he's been the villain in the last ten years, right. kind of behind the scenes. He's collecting these stones. I mean, I got to give it to them because they're leaving a boatload of money on the table. Yeah, but for artistic sake, I mean, it's amazing. Wow, but, so, what are they going to do? So, it's going to lead up to. Um, it's going to be a two-part movie, actually. So the, this is this is the first part. The second part will come out next May. Is Black Panther, by the way, in that universe? Yes, yes, because I just so, saw that. I, like, that's I why I told come, you I would. Oh, would you like? And, Hell yeah! Yes, it was, and you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sound kind of lame right here, but as a black little boy, mm-hmm. is that important? Right? It's gotta Just, be hugely important. Come on! How many heroes are there? Exactly. Yes. That made me so proud. That needed to happen a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah! All these black little boys watching mm-hmm. that, just loving it. This is my. I saw it twice now. Oh, it's great! But, so throughout these movies. Thanos has been collecting all these stones. They're called Infinity Stones to put on his gauntlet. The last two stones are on Earth. One of them is in the head, the forehead of Vision, right? Vision is that kind of purple guy with the cape. Oh, okay, right, right. That's the... You see, I'm, this, for everybody that doesn't know it, I'm totally like <laughs> a, a novice. And then the other one is in Wakanda. I'm oh, assuming yes. I'm assuming it's in that mine somewhere. You know where we're talking about the meteor yeah. hitting Earth? Oh, yeah. I'm assuming. So... Thanos is coming to Earth to get those two stones. Nice. And the Avengers are going to take kind them on. Kind of Lord of the Rings kind of flavor. Kind of, yeah. Know? So I'm yeah. very excited. This, oh. The trailer was epic. If you have not seen it, go watch it. The movie comes cool. out April 27th. Sign it's on. been 10 years in the making. And after these two movies are done, they're going to continue with the Marvel movies, but with a whole new group of people. So probably like Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming there will be so more they got, Guardians. Yeah, they got enough material to go on. Yes, but this is kind of like the pinnacle for like Captain America, right. Iron Man. Right. Now, will, will we see them in the future in minor roles or major so, roles or both? You have no idea. Spoiler alert. So if you don't want to hear this, fast forward. 
but basically in the comics, um, Thanos pretty much kills all those characters. And Jose knows his shit. So you can, I mean, they've been pretty faithful, right? Yes. So all those characters will probably be, probably be dead. Are we going to be depressed then? Possibly. Wow, but that's good. But it will maybe depressed, but then like With hopeful whole, because there's yeah. new characters leading, okay. like Doctor Strange, wow, Captain Marvel, like all these characters. That'll be fun. And there'll still be more Guardians of the Galaxy. So. Wow. That's anyway, nerdy. that's kind of nerdy. Sorry. <laughs> From no. Trump to Guardians to Breeders. No. No. So. No. Come on. That's not nerdy. Nerds rule nowadays. That's right. I'm Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, you're using your made-up names. Then I am Spider-Man. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our humble little podcast. You can do us a huge, huge favor by subscribing to our show whenever you listen to podcasts such as Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes. Be sure to rate our show, please. Leave a review. Your rating will help others to find this show. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Conversations on Tap. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.